Hey, top fans, it's Bill again from Top Fan Rivalry here this time with a group of our friends, a group of our top fans, and we are going to discuss the Hall of Fame today. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of passion behind it. So let's get started. Uh, I, we've already done intros, so we're not going to go through and do intros again, but uh, there are, let's see, uh, eight of us on here besides myself. So Jackson, we're going to start out with you. You're our top fan stats guy. Tell me what classifies in your mind as a Hall of Famer. Uh, someone who was dominant for their, their period of time, the, the best for their period. I think it's important to classify people in the Hall of Fame based on the competition they played against. I don't think it's really fair to compare them against uh, past players or future players. That shouldn't be held against them. It's who they played against. Okay. I like that. What do you think, Ernest? Um, I, I'm of the same vein. Um, you know, it's, it's the greats of their generation. Okay. Of the generation, Brian? Uh, same. It's uh, guys who are dominant for a period of time. Uh, their numbers don't lie. Their stats are there. And they're numbers that can't be touched by other people. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? I would even go further and say maybe top three in their position, especially. Yeah. And I like that argument with the, the eras. Cause I think it's so unique in baseball when you see steroid era replay era post steroid era, everything is so unique and nuanced. I think it really deserves that. But in that own era, top three. Okay. I like that. Top three. What do you, what about you, Jamie? Uh, I think it should be, of course, stats because stats really tell, a part of the story, but I think it's also their contribution to what they have given to baseball. Um, maybe something that makes them stand out other than just stats. Okay. So on and off the field is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, John? I think, uh, I mean, all you guys have hit on some pretty good points, you know, but uh, historically, you know, I think the baseball writers have voted on mainly stats and, and measuring that against other, just kind of those, those numbers that they, you know, have, have hit. Right. And if you hit those numbers, basically you're in the hall of fame, but um, you know, we would, we would like to see it measured on, you know, players in your era, because that would, that would make a lot more sense. But uh, a lot of times, and we've seen it, you know, especially lately, it's, it's if, if they like you um, and you're on borderline hall of fame, you're in, if they don't like you, you're out. Mm-hmm. That's that's where you're almost leading us to what we're going to talk about next. So I agree. What do you think, Sarah? Well, I very much agree with Jamie, especially because one of my favorite parts of the Hall of Fame ceremonies is hearing the old teammates speak about the inductee. And that all goes back to also the era that they played in. What was going on inside the clubhouse? What was going on in the dugout? What contribution did they make? Because usually our better players our leader in the locker room. And that's what I think makes a hall of famer because you are bringing something more than just being good at the sport. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Uh, what about you, Dave? I like that a lot. That was really good, Sarah. I, I would just add to that and say um, it's kind of like impact on the game and it's impact on the game in the city you play in. Um, there's a lot of East Coast bias that really needs to go away. Um, that's probably the biggest part is just impact on the game. And um, 
And I think too, that, um, you know, a little more weight needs to be given to guys that throw no hitters, um, that, that win world series, um, that win MVP awards. I think that it carries a lot of weight. Um, if you can pull that off, um, I don't care what your stats are really uh, how they compare to the guy next to you. You're getting it done when it counts. Absolutely. Mike, why don't you wrap up this, uh, this question? What do you think makes a good hall of famer? Well, (laughs) it's the hall of fame. I mean, it's supposed to be the best of the best. I'm a, I'm a bottom line, your numbers guy. Um, Ty Cobb's in the hall of fame. Was he liked? No. Was he a good guy? No, it doesn't, you know, personality doesn't always matter to get into the hall of fame, but if your numbers are there outside of, you know, cheating, which you said, we're going to talk about, which is good because I definitely have thoughts on that. Um, but numbers, I'm a numbers guy. It's baseball. Baseball is numbers. Um, good guys are, I, I enjoy good guys, but there's good guys that are in the hall of fame and there's bad guys that are in the hall of fame. Yep. There's a Mike to that point. I remember, I I know that baseball counts everything, right? But for some reason it didn't dawn on me. I was watching a movie 20 plus years ago called uh, for love of the game with Kevin Costner. And he's sitting there trying to impress who was it? Kelly Preston or something like that. He's trying to impress this girl. And she says, well, how many times have you lost? And he's like 146. And she's like, what? No, no, no. That's over like 20 years. We count everything in baseball. So you're right, Mike, there's, there's a number factor to it. Okay. So we classify what a hall of famer is. So now it's, there's been a lot of talk recently about guys who haven't gotten into the hall. Um, Predominantly there's two or three names recently that I'm sure we can talk about and I'll let, I'll let the group here bring them up. But um, there's a few names that, that now are off the ballot off from the, the, um, the writers association and now under the veterans committee uh, that didn't make it. And so uh, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, who, let me ask it this way. Who do you think hasn't gotten in that may be deserving of being in? And so I'll start that off, Mike, I'll start off with you and then I'll come to, to Brian. Well, by deserving, I mean, if you're just talking numbers, then we're not talking about, steroids and stuff i mean the main guy barry bonds and and roger and them should get in just on numbers but if you're man you know yeah it's a tough one yeah okay okay say say what you want to say it's okay no i but yeah, I mean, if those guys get in, Pete Rose should get in. Pete Rose might have gambled, but I think he did it as a coach, not a player. You know, if if you let and you let David Ortiz in, if if you let one guy in that's been proven to have cheated, you got to let them all in, I suppose. Good comment, Brian. What do you think? I mean, none of these guys murdered anyone, so <laughs> there really isn't. Uh... <laughs> Honestly, here's my thing. I know the Veterans Committee probably is the mafia of baseball and they pay off the writers to not vote certain guys in. But I don't need a guy that just writes about baseball voting for guys 
who played baseball. That's my thing. But if I were to pick a player who didn't get in this last ballot and should have, I'm going Roger Clemens because even though the guy did roids, he was getting guys out that did roids as well. So that's short and simple. Roger Clemens. So Sarah, you're you're a New Yorker. You're a, you're a Mets fan. So Roger Clemens, what do you think? I agree. But also, and we talked about this on the ladies' night episode. Yep. At this point, steroid use, the betting, all of that, as Brian just said, no one killed anyone. <laughs> and we act like baseball is the only sport where steroid use has been a thing. I have two words, Lance Armstrong. Like, he's still the best cyclist in the world. No, no one takes that away from him. And also steroids as a performance-enhancing drug, there are so many different variations of steroid use and what it can do. And yeah, okay, Pete gambled. That was dumb. Everyone now gambles. You don't think the players have their own accounts that aren't telling anybody under a pseudonym? You know, they're going to Vegas and doing the same exact thing on every other sport. So no offense, like throw out the rule book because you're changing the rules regardless of who you just want to get in there and let these old timers, so to speak, get their right place, be in the Hall of Fame. So I guarantee you there are players already in the Hall of Fame that were doing steroids that we didn't catch. Okay. I like that. (laughs) Dave, what do you think? Well, I like a lot of what I heard. Um, I, you know, first, your first question of who should have got in, <clears throat> it's the three guys we talked about. I mean, Pete Rose, I'm not going to say what was just said. I agree with it. Um, Bonds and Clemens. Um, what convinced me on Bonds was that he had a Hall of Fame resume before he started doing steroids, allegedly. So he was pretty damn good before that and probably Hall of Fame worthy. And, you know, Clemens, I, you know, I like the argument that he was getting steroid guys out. He was really, really good before he started down that road too. So um, I'm good with all of that. I, you know, I think they just need to get out of their own way. They're not all that important. These guys play game, the guys that play the game ought to figure out who's in the hall of fame for playing the game. Um, We got a lot of writers out there that get butthurt because a certain player won't talk to them or gives them the finger or whatever they need to get over themselves on that too. So I'll leave it there. Good call. Chris. Well, you guys had a really good streak going with like the, the bond stuff, but I am your typical baseball purist. I, I just think rules are rules and they should be followed as such. I had a really good conversation with an angels beat writer and he's a baseball writers. Um, he's a baseball writers. Um, member and so he votes on the hall of fame and we had a really good discussion and he really cleared up a lot of things that i didn't know before and it really changed my perspective because i i really see the hall of fame induction it's really it's a game in itself and we always talk about the the writers having hunches over people but if you don't have the right attitude if you break these rules then it's going to come back to haunt you in the voting and so i am honestly personally against the guys like bonds clemens and Sosa getting in, I, I honestly think they're legends. They're legends in the game. They'll never be forgotten. But he, they're going to be in that same category as maybe a Kurt Schilling, where they just they just broke too many rules and they turned too many heads, and that's a, eventually going to be their downfall. So if I'm going to pick one guy to go in, crossing off all those steroid users' names, I would probably go with a guy like Scott Rowland. I think he will get in next year. Okay, I like that. Ernest, I know you got opinions on this. 
<laughs> um, I'm a purist too. Um, I think that um, there are two ways to look at this. Bonds, Clemens, and all those folks obviously deserve to be in the hall. They have the staff. They are great players. Um, but the hall is more than that. Um, especially when it comes to the steroid use. Um, to, to me, it's more than just the performance. What they did was a violation of law. It, it's illegal to take these medications, and it's illegal to do it without a, a doctor's prescription. Um, what does that say to high school kids and football players or baseball players or whatever about steroids? No one should be taking these kind of medications without doctor supervision. That's just the way it is. And it, I, I personally was disappointed that no one was prosecuted for it. Um, you know, in my mind, uh, the folks who should be deciding, uh, you know, whether or not these folks should be in the hall are, is the veterans committee. You know, it's, it's, you know, they're the ones who are going to have to deal with these guys in the hall. What, they're the ones who are going to decide whether or not it taints the hall or not. In my mind, it should be left to them. So I have no problem with the, uh, the reporters not, you know, electing them or voting for them. Let the Veterans Committee handle it. Okay. I like that. Jamie, what do you think? Ooh, I love what Ernest just said, Ooh, really. And if, if there was one person that I would want to go into, that I would love to see in the Hall of Fame, it would be Pete Rose. Uh, even, even with the gambling, cause he didn't do it as a player. He did it as a coach. Um, but you know, you keep saying everyone I've heard everyone say, you know, bonds, Clemens, you know, they were great players, you know, even though they did steroids and it not, didn't kill anyone, but did it, didn't the steroids make them like enhance their playing? Isn't that the reasons why they did these things? So really, can we count their stats as actual stats? And that's where I'm coming from as a purists like you can't just say nope uh they get in because it doesn't matter if steroid use it doesn't matter no that's what made them so good uh and even to brian's point where he was saying that you know clemens was getting out people with you know who were also who were also roiding it doesn't matter you're cheating cheating is cheating and you're using it against a game that is supposed to be the purest game there it's america's pastime so and i agree with ernest 100 that it shouldn't be writers inducting these these players into the hall of fame it should be the veterans committee really writers have absolutely shouldn't even be a part of this maybe make recommendations but it should be the veterans okay okay yeah it's it's an interesting point i i think overall the overall consensus is i mean let's not forget pete rose gambled to win he has no control he didn't throw the game he has no control over it so okay bad mistake you lied about it that's probably not good either but i mean don't we have 435 people that we call congress that lie every day anyways and they still get raises and promotions so hey anyways probably that's probably a different podcast uh, jackson yeah, what, 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 one that? thing though though like that you making a point about that i want to kind of get the reaction to some of our purists. I want okay. to see their facial reactions to this. Go ahead. A couple of years ago, if you smoked weed, you were going to jail. Now it's legal. So what happens if the laws change, guys? Do we only base it off the era they played in? Because that is something we should really factor in. 
You know, no, I, I completely agree with you. And it should be on the era. It should not be against all of base, the time of baseball. We should be voting on era because everything changes. And if and you know what, if we want to say steroids is no longer illegal in the in, in baseball, then fine. Make it a rule. But don't penalize people for doing it, even though they've been doing it probably since high school and and wonder why are they doing it? It just makes no sense to me. It's bananas. Bill, can I can I say something real quick? Yeah, go for it. Go for it, Jet. Or, um, so I was listening to KNBR last week, and they had uh, Doug Glanville on. Okay. Um, he played for the Phillies and maybe a team or two after that um, in that era, and he didn't. And he he wrote a, a story about it um, that that's that's out somewhere. And uh, <clears throat> he didn't take them, and and – you know, he just said it, it, he had to really think about it and it was, you know, it was just something he just didn't want to do. And he talked about the people he knew and a lot of people in the minors that didn't want to do it, that, you know, affected their careers because a lot of these guys were doing it and took a big advantage out of it compared to the guys who were just trying to work hard, um, you know, and they fell behind because they didn't take that, you know, have that advantage. Yeah. Doug Landville's also like 90 pounds soaking wet. So, <laughs> but I think <laughs> I want to chime in a little bit too player. with like steroid use. Um, I, my dad always says, he goes, steroids uh, don't make a player great. They make a good player better. I don't, I'm always misquote him, but something along the lines, like people have said, Barry was on the track before he did steroids and anything. Okay. Um, but when we think about it, those MLB knew kind of they're like, wow, these guys are jacked. Like, well, it saved the game one. Like Hall of Fame's a museum as well. It's baseball hall and museum. Mm-hmm. Let those guys in. Teach the younger generations what these guys did. Oh, yeah, that's Barry Bonds's plaque. Yeah, he had a great career, but kind of got clouded by this. It's educational purposes. It's leading the history on too. So that's just me. I've been to the whole thing. I fully agree with Brian. Like, let, let, I'm, I'll even go to for what's next. They're not going to let the players put creatine in their protein shakes. What like, I, I mean, everything that is not natural, where do you think steroids kind of came from? It's all the same supplements that people are still currently taking. So I think the bigger issue is more, do you not want any, half these protein powders have crap in them. Trust me. I know I, I, I have a shake a day. Okay. <laughs> well, I think the, the bottom line is like, there's a banned substance list. And I think it's you, and someone could correct me on this, but it was 2003 when they started testing and enforcing the test because I think someone mentioned David Ortiz earlier. He failed the drug test, but it was before they started enforcing it in 2003. And that's why he kind of was able to make it into the Hall of Fame. But I think what we're arguing here is even so once something is said to be illegal, like steroids and PEDs, they're illegal. We have a banned substance list. Whatever is on this list, if you get tested positive for it, you're probably not going to make the Hall of Fame at this point. That happened in 2003. And all these guys we've been talking about, they all failed those tests and admitted they failed those tests at that after that point and meaning they were cheaters in that rule book with that frame of mind i don't think that a baseball writer could 
in their right mind, vote them into the Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't think Barry Bonds was ever on a, a list. He never well, tested he, positive. He admitted in his book, I believe. Yeah, but he never tested positive, whereas David Ortiz did. You know, so you're, you're kind of saying, oh, David Ortiz, nice guy. He's so funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget about the, the, the test on the Mitchell Report, but Barry Bonds is a big jerk, and he writes a – he may, you know, and he broke the home run record. So we're going to hold it against him. I think it's, you know, I think we're splitting hairs there. And, uh, you know, it, we, we just talked about what makes a Hall of Famer and are you dominant in your era? Well, we have a steroids era where people were dominant and, you know, you're, 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 it depends on your definition, right? But most of us in here said, were you dominant in your era? And these guys were, and we don't know, like, that's the whole point is, we don't know how many of them were taking steroids just because the big guys, you know, you know, were, were breaking all these stats. All of a sudden, no one thought about Brady Anderson or he hit 50 home runs that year or like all these little guys there, these shortstops and second basemen taking steroids that just because they didn't make them great or hit 25 home runs instead of 20, you know, like, so I think, I think we're, we're, we're holding it against the guys that dominated because they were the ones that dominated. And, and I think we're, we're, we're trying to, manipulate who who we hold it against because they're jerks right roger clements i'm i'm i'm, I'm never going to admit to it and and just screw all you guys or kurt Schilling comes out after baseball's over and he's a hardcore conservative and so we're going to hold it against him you know and um and so we're, we're splitting all these hairs right and now do we do we keep the guys out who are who are using stick them on the baseball and now you know they're throwing you know, that much faster or they're, you know, they're, they're getting these big contracts like a Garrett Cole, you know, and, and all of a sudden he's not as good because all of a sudden we're changing that rule. And now how many wins did he get when he had that, you know, and how, and then, so I think baseball and most sports in, in essence are where can you get your edge and, and how can you get that edge? Right. And so even if you go back in baseball time, there's guys trying to scuff the baseball or, or throw a, or throw a splitter, you know, or, or a spitball, you know, and oh, I got caught. So, oh, oh, well, maybe I'll try it again tomorrow. Or I'm corking my bat. You know, who knows how many of those were, were corked bats. So I think um, we're always trying to get an edge in sports and in football. Like they don't even care. They don't even care about steroids in football. They like, oh, yeah. oh, dang, you got tested. Oh, you're positive. Oh, you got a five game suspension or whatever, right? Get back here as soon as you can, you know? And so all of a sudden it's baseball, these holy records that are broken. So we're going to hold it against the guys that broke them rather than you know the whole population right and so i just feel like mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like we're playing the moral police rather than just saying hey they dominate their era let's just let them in and we'll we'll move on yeah what about the guys that played in the the juiced ball era that we have right now mm -hmm. you know those balls are juiced and these guys are hitting them far and those manfreds out there manipulating the ball because mlb owns rawlings or whatever yeah so in 10 years we'll have the same discussion of like well that guy you know most of yeah. his games they're primetime games and he hit balls that were pretty juiced so who knows also, what about the fact that every journalist just wants a story yeah like i'm like and by the way i start like i i worked the media room you in you hear them talking about how they're going to turn a storyline mm -hmm. you and Chris, I know you have a radio show. We're not saying that this is you. Don't take it that way. But bottom line, radio hosts do the same thing. We can look at, at politics as the best example. 
If you feel one way, you watch Fox. If you feel another way, you watch NBC. And you try to find somewhere in the middle. It's the same thing in sports, except instead of picking two different platforms to watch it on, you're choosing the side of the journalist versus the side of the player. Personally, I don't need a journalist to tell me how the game went down. I watched it myself. Thank you for your time. I have my opinion. Amen. So, so John, to your point, I was actually in a car with a family member years ago. I was probably about 10 years old and, and we got pulled over for speeding. The cop comes up. If I wouldn't have experienced this myself, I wouldn't believe it. The cop comes up to our window and says, do you know how fast you were going? And my family member says, yep. He says, do you know what the speed limit is? And he's, uh, my family member says, yep. So what well, cop says, so what's the speed limit? And they looked at the cop dead in the eyes and said, as fast as you can go until you get caught. Cops started laughing. Nobody got a ticket. It was awesome. But to your point, John, it's like we're going as fast as we can go until we get caught and then we slow down. Right. And so, I mean, I mean you know, like when, when Jose Altuve comes up for the hall, is he not going to get in? I think there's uh, a height requirement. So you know, might like, not. Uh, <laughs> you know, are, is it, or is it going to be like, oh, no, it was only. It was only that year, or like you know, how long, how many, how many years were the Astros doing? The guy, the guy won an MVP, mm. right? Yeah, but so we have we have Nolan Ryan in in the Hall of Fame, and he never even won a Cy Young. So if we're going to go based just on awards, you know, that's that's really a poor criteria. It needs to be like I like Sarah and I have, have said in the beginning that it should be what they have, what have they contributed to baseball? Whatever, what are they doing on and off the field that makes them such a great player? You know, leadership is leadership. And if you have, and this is, I'm going to go back to juicing. If you have to take something to enhance your game, that's not being a leader. That's being a coward and not letting your athleticism speak for itself. Yep. Well, I think what John was trying to say was like with the, the Jose Altuve thing is just him being involved in that, the cheating scandal and like the sign stealing, does that kind of take away? Does it have that same power that maybe I getting caught taking yeah. um peds does and i think it's a great conversation because we kind of know we know too little because the mlb did such a good job like hide, like throwing oh, the yeah. investigation the galore, yeah. over like out the window but i i think when the time comes and those guys are on trial basically if they're going to make the hall of fame or not i think the guys like correa altuve and those two are really the only ones i could see making the ballot seriously like i i think there will be a holdout because the, the sanctity of the game was was really ripped away. And I, I feel the same way about PEDs. I know you guys might not agree with me on that, but I think if you're detrimental to the game in that way, it was super embarrassing for a major league baseball. When that scandal went down, I think that is grounds for removal or like basically being shunned from the hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, it, they, it was embarrassing until they got caught. Like they, they knew what was going on. And they, they glorified it with Sosa and Maguire home run chase um, coming off the 94 strike. And they were like, we need baseball back. And we don't care that these guys are juicing. They're hitting bombs. And it's a, it's a parade. And we're putting them all on TV. We're putting, the, we're putting the, the, you know, before they even get to the game and they're taking batting practice, it's like a whole, free, it's a whole show. And, the, and, and they're celebrating these guys. And they brought baseball back to prominence after the strike and then you know, i think it was like 98 right that they did this and all of a sudden 
it's 2003, 2004, and Jose Canseco comes out with his book, and all of a sudden these guys are like, oh, oh, we're so embarrassed. Oh, you know, like they're all mad about it, and they all knew what was happening when they were doing it. There's no way these guys are hitting 70 home runs all of a sudden when no one could come close to 61 since 1961. No one was even close. I, I get what you're saying that they brought baseball back. Did they, but they, did they really bring baseball back? Because all people know after that is long ball. They don't know the short game and it, it, it has well, I mean, really changed yeah. how baseball is viewed. Well, no, I know that that's the, the baseball purist wants to bring back, you know, like the hit and run and the bunting. And now we're just home runs and strikeouts, but um, it makes no sense. But that's not baseball. Just they're trying, strikeouts they're and trying, like, they're trying to bring like the baseball. casual fan into the game, I think, and saying, "Hey, you know, chicks dig the long ball, so let's 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 let them keep hitting it." It's baseball some chicks, now. Yeah. Some chicks, because Jackson. I like the whole game. <laughs> Jackson, you stole your line. Chicks dig the long ball. I I, I like it. Great commercial. What's that's, that? That's the purest I am on the chick side. But you know, the one thing that I think there's. I'm just viewing this on the outside. I feel bad because poor Jackson hasn't said how he feels yet. But yeah, sorry, Jackson. Jackson, you gotta speak up. Um, <laughs> you know, there's this purist terminology we keep throwing around here. I don't know how much I love that word. I think we're all kind of pure in our own belief on it. But baseball as a sport, just like every other sport, it's always gonna go through an evolution. It has to. Also, the way games are shown on television, you know, there was a change from radio to TV. There's a change from TV to streaming. I mean, now you can watch any game on YouTube if you have, you know, a YouTube Plus account or whatever it is. It's going to affect that. So, yes, there are some people that want the old school baseball to be back. The reality is the steroid era also did another thing for baseball. It brought it up to the same celebrity status that football had. You had the players on the cover of magazines. Now, granted, they were doing things to look a little better. But you didn't see a baseball player on GQ covers. They weren't shirtless showing their muscles on all those workout magazines until that era. It brought different types of fans to baseball. Now, I'm not saying that's a reason to support it. But did it bring baseball back? It gave baseball a bigger audience. It brought it into a new century. It also made it like a, but it brings up this whole conversation because there are people that, oh yeah, I go to baseball games to drink beer and just hang out and walk around the stadium. That's not the fans on this podcast. But that is a big part of who goes to the game. It's just a day. And I saw Brian on it. He's probably seen it. You go to a game with your friends and you're like teens and 20s. People aren't there to watch the game. They're there to get drunk. Have fun. Yeah, that's 80% of the people in Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, you see that a lot at uh, Oracle Park, too, because it, it's a cool park to walk around in. I was yeah. just going to say that, Mike. Yeah, I, it was every other fan that I was sitting next to uh, was either a woo girl or some uh, corporate person that got a free ticket. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Right. So, but as we went, we were talking about earlier before, or maybe we even like, I think officially you started recording. Well, 
yeah, the owners don't care who's in the building. They don't care what people feel as long as they're getting paid. That woo so, girl bought the ticket. Yeah. Like, so, like, let's be realistic. <laughs> sexualizing these, you know, sexualizing these guys when they were on steroids and taking them. And now, the fact that every player works out at the same level as a bodybuilder, that's why they're doing it. They need to have a status next to them for people to watch. Because unfortunately, the purists on this call, the purists that love baseball, the veteran generation, guys, we're not the majority. We have to own it. You just made me feel old. (laughs) We're still trying to hold on to it though, Sarah. We're trying to hold on to it. I know, but instead of holding on to it, you have to convert others. But you don't convert others by knocking them down. You convert them by showing them why we love this game, why it's so good to watch it, why it's not hard to learn it and the fun about it. But all we're doing is going on and on in circles about the moral and ethical conduct. Why do people love football? There is no moral and ethical conduct. Okay, I'm going to let Jackson say his piece on this. He sat there. Jackson, I don't know that you're going to be able to top this because everybody's already done everything. Ernest is already asleep. I mean, go ahead, Jackson. Tell us what you what you got now. And then I'm going to ask my next question. This is awesome conversation. Jackson. I mean, I, I'm having fun. I, I'm, I'm on a podcast every week. So that's yeah. why that's why I'm just letting you guys go and have some fun. Uh, I'm sure people who listen to the podcast regularly are sick of me droning on about old time baseball at this point. I mean, we just got to the 1940s in our decade series, which you guys should check out. But um, the guy that they should let into the Hall of Fame is Shoeless Joe Jackson. Uh, no, no further debate. The man's been dead for so long and uh there's no need to punish him for an alleged cheating scandal which we also talked about in a different podcast so i won't delve too deep into it but i kind of feel the same way about the the steroid people shoeless joe jackson you know if they want to be shut out the first time on the voting it's up to the veterans committee to really put them in because at the end of the day your peers are are what matter and the historic the baseball historians are the ones who should decide who should be in the hall of fame based on the impact because you know that's that's their job <laughs> to figure out who's important and why so i'm not too broken up about the steroid guys not being in currently but i think they'll get in eventually you know and the baseball purist in me says mad bah humbug but you know at the end of the day like, like it was said they didn't murder anyone so i can't be too upset gotta convert them by being nice okay yeah jackson you actually gave me a transition so I'm going to go through and I'm going to ask each one of you, give me three names, three names of people that are not in the Hall of Fame right now that you think are deserving of the Hall of Fame. And some of you I've already had this conversation with, so this is going to get fun. Um, Mike, let me start with you. you. Three names of people that you think really deserve to be there but aren't there. Well, I don't really have three. I think, you know, I, Pete Rose is, is my main, my main one. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> That's, what about Garvey? What about say, what about any of those guys? The, they're hall of good. They're not hall of fame. Okay. Okay. What do you think, Brian? Do you got, do you got a couple of names for us? I got, I got three. I got okay. my guy, Tori Hunter. Okay. I got Garrett Anderson. And I have uh, Jorge Posada. 
Okay, ladies and uh, gentlemen, an angel fan, by the way, just in case you're, <laughs> but yes, Jorge Posada, I agree. Jorge Posada is a switch hitting catcher that what Jackson, what he hit 280 in his career, something uh, around working, that. I'm working on it. Avenue. So, okay. Ernest, also, what about you? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I got one name, um, Lou Whitaker. I can't, oh. I don't understand how you can have Alan Trammell in the hall and not Lou Whitaker. That's a good question. That's a good question. I thought Lou was in, but apparently he's not. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you think? All right, three names. And I'm taking, like, the current approach of guys who are on the ballot right now. But okay. oh, with one exception, I do I do think you're not a baseball fan if you don't think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I Just what he was able to accomplish without, quote, unquote, cheating, unbelievable. No, it's a good debate everyone's going to have for the rest of time, but I don't think he's going to get in. He should be in. And then the other two guys who are on the ballot right now who I think will make their way to the Hall of Fame. Number one, Todd Helton. I think you really got to appreciate a guy who did it the right way during the steroid era, still had amazing numbers, had the longevity, had the loyalty, had the accolades. I don't think he was one MVP, but he was always like runner up or third in that race. Got to love him. And then my last guy, I think Jeff Kent. I really think there's a lot of nuance that comes with the second baseman. I don't know what it is, but they never really have the same type of stats that other guys do. But with my like positional approach, I talked about that when I, when you asked the first question, I think he was by far, if not the best second, best second baseman of his generation definitely deserves a hall of fame bid at second base. So Jeff Kent went to my rival high school. So as long as we keep him out of the hall forever, I'm okay with that. Because um, he went to my rival high school. No, I'm teasing, but I agree with you. Dave, I already know one of the ones that you're going to say, but, but give me a couple of names. Well, I'm going to preface it with uh, the fact that I think, you know, a, a lot of what we've talked about, the, the foundation of it is, you know, the owners are here to make money. They don't really care yeah. about us. They don't care about anything else. They're there to make money, whether it's on TV rights or butts in the seat or whatever. So we can talk about all these other things all we want, but they don't care. The other part is, is moving forward, you know, the, the game is, you know, kind of on, you know, a little bit of quicksand as far as like how the, how fans are going to embrace it in the future, you know, how is, how is the game going to thrive? I think the game thrives kind of like what Sarah was saying by, by embracing the future and, and also by just drawing a bigger circle. You know, I mean, the Hall of Fame doesn't have to be so restrictive. You're not going to water it down if you let a few of these guys in. I think that's, I think that's crap. Um, you don't have to get to the point where you're going to let in, you know, guys that are hitting 280 and, you know, hitting 18 home runs. But, you know, the, the measuring stick for a pitcher is not 300 wins anymore. It's never going to happen again. Let's just face it. It's not going to happen again. So you need a new measuring stick your measuring stick is going to be things like war. It's going to be maybe, maybe 220 wins, maybe 240 wins, maybe, maybe um, whip, maybe some other things, maybe the fact that they threw no hitters in one world series, which is why I think Mark Burley should be in the hall of fame. And I think you draw a bigger circle and you, you, you appeal to markets that need maybe, maybe to be appealed to. You know, it doesn't have to be always the David Ortiz in Boston that gets in and Paul Canerco doesn't. It's bullshit. So that's my piece. Okay, so you just gave me 
Paul Canerico. Who else you got? I know Burley, Mark Burley. And I'm being a homer and I don't care. Uh, I agree with that one. That's not being a homer. Mark Burley was a horse. Yep. Yeah. Mark, I, you know what, Dave, until you started bringing him up on, you know, older versions of the podcast, I didn't think about that. And then I went up and looked up his stats and some of the things he did. And I agree with you. And our resident statistician said, Hey, I agree with that. So um, I agree with Paul Canerco too. Paul Canerco is one of those guys that, just showed up to play and he, he played the game right. I was actually disappointed when the Dodgers got rid of him. Um, and so yeah. I think the only thing I would add to that um, is that I think a guy like Mark Burley had a bigger impact on the game and, the, and, and on his team, even though only, only he only played every five days, you knew you were in that game every five days for yeah. how many years, how many years did he put up big innings and kept you in games? I think that's a big impact. You know, you can, as much as I love Paul Canerco, those guys, it's easier to replace them than uh, a horse pitcher. Jackson, what do you think? Mark Burley's biggest impact was two-hour games, so we should put him in the Hall of Fame just on that alone. <laughs> I'm with I'm with you. I think he, I think he broke two hours a few times. I, I mean, all, one of my most vivid memories of Mark Burley is the between-the-legs flip, glove flip. Great the guy on the first base. Baseball player Mark Burley is probably one of the best pitchers of the 2000s. I'll just leave it at that. Who else you got, Jackson? Who do I got? I mean, I'm, I have kind of a a controversial one to start off because I know he's not very well liked by some people, but Albert Bell, I think, had a very dominant 1990s. I'm um, going to be a bit of a homer. Tim Hudson, <laughs> another fantastic pitcher of the 2000s, and uh, this one's from my dad, who's not on tonight dale murphy yeah that was mine but dale murphy in the hall of fame yep seven all-stars five gold gloves four silver (laughs) sluggers two mvps over a 10-year span he led the league in home runs and rbis and that guy's not in the hall of fame yeah in 10 years he hit 308 home runs in the 80s on probably one of the worst decade teams ever the braves were horrible in the 80s yeah. And he was just a nice, he seemed like a, a true gentleman too. I mean, what, I, what is the problem with that one? Great guy off the field. Great guy on the field. Every teammate loved the guy. Um, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. You can, you can lead a 10 over a 10 year span. You could lead the league in home runs and RBIs and win five gold gloves and not be in the hall of fame. It's weird. Crazy. Cause you're not, not in New world. York or Boston. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I, I just want to, Throwing this the stat thing, Jorge Posada hit 273 for the career. And checking the stats, I, I disagree that Jorge Posada should be in the Hall of Fame. Because if he played for the Orioles or the the Indians or the Tigers, nobody would have heard of him. Because uh, he played for the Indians. Catcher's a prime position. It is. It's tough. Okay, Jamie, a uh, couple players that belong in the hall. Can't hear you, Jamie. I've already said one, which is Pete Rose, but um, the other one, and everyone is totally going to disagree with me, but I don't care because before uh, 2020, I was a Giants fan, and I'm going to say Will Clark because he's one of the best first basemen out there. I can buy that. I can buy that. Will Clark had a great career in San Francisco. Buy that. What do you think, Sarah? Pete Rose. Okay. Then my other one's... You guys don't like them because of their steroid use, so I'll just leave it at that. 
Okay. All right. So we're going to wrap up with one final question. This has been awesome, and we can do this all night. But hey, we forgot about Frankie Rodriguez. Oh. Where's K Rod? Where's K Rod, man? Where's K Rod? Uh, he's facing some domestic violence stuff. So yeah. you're not going to, they don't put closers in the know. Hall of Fame, but you know, he had 40, he had 400 saves and, and basically changed the Angels' fortunes in 2002 to lead them to the World Series, you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a twist uh, here on this last question as we're wrapping up because we can do this all night, but I don't want uh, I don't want the people that are on the East Coast to fall asleep on us. <laughs> With the exclusion right now of Mike Trout, okay. With the exclusion of Mike Trout, because that should be a foregone conclusion, and probably with the exclusion of Clayton Kershaw. Give me two players that are currently playing that you think are putting Hall of Fame careers together. Okay. Oh, and so yeah. Chris, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start with you. Kershaw's oh. out and and Trout's out because those guys are probably gonna get into the hall anyways. Give me two names. Okay. Chris. I think the low-hanging fruits, Albert Pujols. I don't even know if he's still active. I, I I'm really I'm not up to date on my stuff, but I want I'll go for some younger guys, make it really interesting. I really like the type of player that Ronald Acuna is. I think with his current pace and like the type of players he's the he's the definition of a five tool player he gets a ton of stolen bases could hit for power could hit for average as well great on the field he's super young but i think he's on that track like you said in the question and then another guy i'm gonna go with jacob de i think total generational pitcher best pitcher in the league by far and he could swing the bat which i really appreciate we won't be seeing any of it anymore now that the designated hitter is league wide but those are my two guys acuna DeGrom, two guys on track. Okay. Jamie, what do you think? Uh, I'd say Will Smith, for sure. Current players. Current players. Like, There's, yeah, current players. I'm sorry? I said current players. Oh, Will Smith. Players, I'm sorry, you said Will Smith. Will Smith. I was thinking Will Clark. Never mind. Which Will Smith? Will Smith. Shepard, who's off to a phenomenal start. I agree. Uh, the only, you know, fresh prince of LA. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Sarah, don't laugh uh, at that. We actually calm it out here. Don't worry. You're good. Um, he took mine. <laughs> um, and ooh, I'm going to say Shohei. Shohei okay. is pretty, he's a, he's a pretty outstanding player. So those are my two picks. What do you think, John? We'll go with Miguel Cabrera. He's an obvious one. Um, probably, what, top two or three first basemen of all time? Mm-hmm. Maybe. If you go overall career, probably goes up pretty good against Albert Pujols overall career. Um, and I'm, I was trying to think of a Met, but I can't think of any Mets. Don't worry, of- I'll give you one. You know, I've, I've got one too. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Mookie Wilson because of his ground ball through the hole of uh, Bill Buckner's legs, but he's not current anymore. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna say uh, for right now, I'm just gonna go Miguel Cabrera, and that's it. Shohei, I like Shohei. You know, obviously he's got a long ways to go, but um, you know, the Angels need more Hall of Famers. That's what they need. They need more Hall of Famers. I. I they have only one guy that retired jersey in the Angel uniform, so that's, that's pretty uh, you, sad. You guys will have one soon in 27. Bobby Gritch. 
<laughs> all are very good, Ernest. All are very good. <laughs> Ernest, what do you think? Two two players right now. Um, you know, the only one I can really that sticks out to me, uh, only because he joined the Dodgers during um, you know last season was Trey Turner. I was very impressed with him and seeing his stats. You know, another decade of what he's doing, and you know, I, I think he's got a good shot of it. Jamie, what's his nickname? Uh, smooth criminal. Oh, smooth slide criminal. Trey Turner. Yes, I love. I love my Trey slide. I mean, that was like the sexiest slide I've ever seen in baseball. Sorry, you you asked me. <laughs> I knew that was coming up. Brian, what do you think? This is tough. I was thinking about this the entire time you guys were saying players. Um, I think position wise, on the pick position and pitcher position, I'm going Juan Soto. The Ooh. guy's really young still, but Ooh. he can command the strike zone like no other hitter. It's nuts. Um, you both took my stuff. <laughs> and then uh, Dodger fans are going to hate this. And this is a previous career, not so much now, but I got to go mad bum. Like, Guy's a solid guy throughout the regular season with the Giants and um, a guy you don't want to face in the postseason. Oh, heck no. Mad Bum probably. Yeah, he's he is an outstanding pitcher and he can bat, which is so sad that we have this stupid universe. All of very good. No. Buster, Buster Posey, maybe, huh? Buster Posey. Oh, if Buster Posey doesn't get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't trust the Hall of Fame ever again. If Buster Posey gets in, Thurman Munson should get in. I oh, would bring in bring in seventies catchers into the into the chat. I like. Oh, I'm just saying. Gary, <laughs> Gary Carter. Big... Me? <laughs> yeah, Jackson. No, what do you okay, think? That, that was me. Uh, I agree with uh, Acuna. I think when he's healthy, he's probably a top three player in baseball. Uh, Juan Soto, divisional rival, also a generational talent. That guy draws walks. He can hit all over the ballpark. Uh, I'm going to be a bit of a Braves homer and say Freddie Freeman is probably on the fringe of what we have for active players right now. He's one of those guys that a couple more consistent years and we're looking at 2,000 hits. You mean the future yeah. Dodger? Yeah. The, the Dodger say. first baseman next year? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> love that. We love that. I thought you were going to yeah. say Raphael for a call. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> That's a name I haven't heard in a minute, but yeah. I think Freddie Freeman Acuna, Soto are all great shout-outs. Yeah. Lots of really good players in baseball right now, but I think a lot of really – hall of really good players as well. Mike, we took your couple ones, but give me a, give me a couple of them. I, well, I was going to say Juan Soto for sure. I think that, that kid's just – he's a stud. He's a horse. Um, and Will Smith, his trajectory, he's off to a great start. If he – you know, you're talking catchers, um, and their numbers don't have to be quite as – as gaunty as you know others so uh he's off to a good start sarah what do you think mr pete alonzo knew that was coming i knew that was coming i love him he's my favorite he's gonna be hall of famer did i mention i love him home run derby (laughs) hall of fame (laughs) why not he loves he loves um, hitting he loves hitting juice baseballs really far. And I'm really okay with it. <laughs> no, She's he, secure he put, in her position. It's okay. Show. Put on a, show. a lot. Well, I 
listen, I also could see DeGrom going too, but if I, my number one is Pete Alonso. There is nothing this man can do that could be bad in my eyes. But I also, um, every other player that was mentioned, like Will Smith for sure, Soda for sure, but the Mets fan needs to give the attention to the Mets. Okay. Okay. Dave, what do you think? Well, I got a couple names that haven't come up yet. Um, Justin Verlander, um, 72 war right now. He's got a World Series or two. Um, and Max Scherzer. Ooh, and I think I think you I think you could throw Nolan Arenado in there if he has a few more good years and wins a World Series. Cardinals. Yeah, I, you know what I I think you know like on the position player piece you know Nolan gets I think he should get credit for defense. It's not just all what you do at the plate, and um, you know on the catcher side, just my commentary. I don't know Will Smith that well, but there needs to be some type of measurement for catchers on how they handle their pitchers and how their pitchers do when they're yes. catching. What yes. that's, that's, yeah, that's why I would say Jorge Posada. That's why, because Jorge Posada had to handle crazy pitching staff. Different attitudes, different egos, but I agree with you, Dave. You, if, you, if you can handle a staff and make your pitchers better, you are very, very valuable. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't no, before, you, before you ever pick up a bat. <laughs> what was that, Mike? I'd say Will Smith's off to a good start there. I mean, geez, yeah. they're almost, you know, playing for a World Series every year here the last few years. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you one name that hasn't come up. I agree with what Dave just said. Um, Sarah stole one of mine. I was gonna say Pete Alonzo, um, even though he's a home run derby guy, he's young and he I mean he came out hitting 50 some odd home runs in his rookie season and then followed that up with 30 some odd home runs. So the guys, <laughs> the guy can hit and he, he just seems like he plays the game, right? He's not out there. He has fun, but he seems like he just enjoys it being out there. My other guy that nobody said, which I was surprised, Mike, who plays right field for the Dodgers right now? Mookie. Surprised that Mookie didn't come up. I know. I think, I, well, I a good one. Total, total homer. But I, he'll, he'll speak for himself when he, you know, gives his speech in 12 years. <laughs> Two others, I think, are, are automatics that we didn't mention. Joey Votto. I think he's so uh, criminally yeah. underrated. I, everyone respects him. He's the mode of consistency. So good. And then also another one, maybe a fringe, maybe Hall of Very Good, Zach Granke. Yeah, that. Zach Granke may be in that hall of very good, but Joey Votto, just the way that he talks to the fans too, when he's over on the on-deck circle, he just has a good time doing it. And nobody realizes how close he is to the 300 or 3000 hit mark. Nobody realizes how many home runs he's hit. He's just been playing so long and just done a great job. So, okay. Top fans. This has been fun. This is, this has gone a little further than, than what uh, we anticipated, but it's been a good time. We'll have to, get back together and have some more conversations if we are still in lockout mode in a couple of weeks. But for those of you that have listened to this, feel free to make comments on YouTube. Feel free to make comments um, in anything that we post on Instagram and, or uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. The podcast will be up uh, very soon. And we look forward to having every one of you back. All of you, thank you for your time tonight. Those of you that are on the East coast, I especially thank you. You guys have been phenomenal to stay up this late. Um, by all means, get yourself Red Bulls or Mountain Dews for the morning when you're at work. 
um, do your best two picks in the eyes or whatever. But I appreciate you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for Stay on for a second, Jamie, after. <laughs>